0: This is the MLW Radio Network. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. My name is Thomas, and what's your name? Oh, I'm Alan. Alan. Oh, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. We're brothers. That's right. Yeah, yeah. From the that. mother, same mother and father. Your room was. Oh, we shared the room. Shared the room. We really? Shared the room. I thought I knew your face. Yeah, we something. go way back, mate. Yeah. yeah. We should do a podcast then. Uh, we have. We do, we do a podcast. We do a podcast. What's it called? The Brocast. Bro-cast. Bro-cast. Yeah, that was planned. Yeah, yeah. yeah well. What do we do? spell it with a k so you might take it easy everyone knows a lot of things can change in the span of 10 years but when it comes to professional wrestling podcasting one thing is still guaranteed the shining wizards is the only place to get all the latest wrestling news interviews with the greatest guests and of course tons of laughs and discussing the world of wrestling The show is still available on Monday nights at 7 p.m. East on randmradio.com and Rant Entertainment Media on the TuneIn app. And it's still available on all podcasting platforms. To check us out, head over to shiningwizards.com where it's still wrestling talk and talk about wrestling. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? It's your boy, Blackheart, the head honcho, Off the Top Roast Podcast. If you love independent and professional wrestling and like all the juicy gossip of the wrestling industry... Then look for anything here, O T T R Headquarters. You catch us on Facebook, Twitch, and Facebook groups, and wherever that you get your podcast from with our, with our latest last week of wrestling, After Darks, Under boss's Hard Taste, and now our new upcoming trivia game show, Wrestling Area, coming soon. So if you like what you see, you love professional wrestling, you love independent wrestling, you love everything about wrestling just yourself, give us a tune. You know, you would not regret it. Black heart out. Welcome to another edition of the Freeland 5, brought to you by the MLW Radio Network and the Front Row Material Brand for Wednesday, March the 30th, 2022. Hope everybody's having a good middle of the week. Looking forward to the weekend. Speaking of this weekend, it is going to be absolutely laden with wrestling everywhere. Friday night, you're going to have not only AEW Dynamite, but you're going to have the Big Ring of Honor Return Show. You're also going to have many other shows that are going to be on IW TV, and then obviously Saturday and Sunday is going to be WrestleMania, WrestleCon as well. So many exciting things happening. This is wrestling's big Super Bowl weekend. So with that being said, the Freeland Five covers all the major headlines that are trending all over social media, specifically the different wrestling websites. We go ahead and we chronicle what the journalists are writing about at this hour, and we bring it all to you. Let's first go ahead and start off with something that I think some people have heard of, but some people might not know all the information. Let's go ahead and let's talk a little Ric Flair at the top of the show. Ric Flair and Mark Madden have a fallout and that melts, that meltdown spills over to social media. Now Ric Flair and Mark Madden's Woo Nation Uncensored partnership. Well, it got a little messy and then it ended. Ric Flair's podcast will be moving forward without Mark Madden as the host after a messy split between the two played out on social media over the past weekend. Now, it began with Madden, the former WCW announcer, claiming that he was stepping away from Wu Nation Uncensored as it was no longer a good fit for him and his schedule. He thanked Ric Flair and the podcast Heat Network in the process. Mark said, and I quote in a tweet, I am leaving the Flare Uncensored podcast effective immediately. It's not a good fit for me, especially scheduling and prepping and taping during my jam packed work week. Thanks to Ric Flair and Pod Heat for the opportunity and for the understanding. Well, after that came out, some things really didn't go very well. Ric Flair then went ahead and tweeted out that he disputed what was going on flair was quickly to respond back in a first response the 73 year old claimed that rather than stepping away madden was being relieved of his duties and that was taking his show to a new network to work with conrad thompson on ad free shows network Rick Flair said this in a tweet, love and appreci- appreciation to you, Mark Madden, but actually I relieved you of your duties. Best of luck with your work. I'll be back better than ever next Monday, going home to my son-in-law. Hey, hey, it's Conrad. Now, obviously not to be outdone, Mark Madden came back with a- another comment. Uh, he basically said that he was not uh, fired. It was his choice to leave. Mark Madden would come back to say, have another drink. God gave you the gift of life a few years back, and you thank him by getting shitfaced every single night like you are right now. You are the greatest wrestler ever, but you've become so sad. Flair would then come back at Madden again and say, Mark, it's so sad. You've been telling everyone for 30 years that I'm the greatest wrestler ever. Quit trying to get the rub that made you who you are. Look forward to hearing from you on the Pat McAfee show. Oh, wait, sorry, he canceled you too. Just be happy and enjoy life. This feud seems to have gotten really nasty and really ugly really, really quick. And this article right now is from What Culture by Anthony H. Murray. Uh, He is the one who broke this news and wrote this article. So definitely follow Andy H. Murray on What Culture and on other social media platforms. What's your take on this? Are you a person who's in Camp Madden? Are you in Camp Flair? I think some people may say, well, when you think about it, this definitely does fit the trend of things with Rick Flair. Now, Rick was told, and Rick has said many times before in interviews, his doctors told him not to drink anymore not to drink. You've been given a second chance at life. You need to take care of your body. However, Rick says that he's going to do what he always does. He's always going to be the nature boy. And in a recent St. Patrick's Day uh, tweet slash video, he was also uh, drinking as well. Is what Madden's saying right now accurate? Is Rick always drinking? It's hard to refute that. Once again, I'm not close to Rick, but I, I will say in life, we can only judge people by their actions and as far as Rick is concerned his actions have not really changed even since his uh, devastating uh, scare with with death a few years ago now is this a matter of Flair firing Madden or Madden truly stepping away I don't know if we'll ever get to the bottom of it in my humble opinion I think it's Mark basically saying hey man can't do this anymore I really really can't and i'm grateful for the opportunity and you know i'm i'm stepping away and then flair had to come back and basically say no you were relieved of your duties i don't know who to believe but i most likely am more in line with to believe camp madden at this time let me know what your thoughts are are you uh, on one side or the other or are you just at the point where you're like you know what i don't even care anymore well let's go on to something else ringside news is also reporting uh, a great article that is written here. It says, Tony Khan stopped talking to Ric Flair after the Dark Side of the Ring episode. Uh, and this article is written by, and I hope I pronounce this correctly, Sabo Jeet, uh, wrote this article, and it is, or it can be found, I should say, on ringsidenews.com now vice's dark side of the ring aired on the second part of their third season which included an episode that focused on the plane ride from hell tommy dreamer essentially excused what rick flair did on the plane and it resulted in him getting suspended by impact wrestling if we all remember tommy was actually sent home now rick flair also Uh, lost a good bit of work as he had been temporarily on the canceled list as well. Now, Flair moved on from WWE, and he is no longer um, working with them. He actually asked for his release, and he was granted it. And once again, his podcast has now ended as well. And we are being told, in addition to that, that any plans Ric Flair had with working with Tony Khan and AEW, that has been put on the shelf as well. So, what do you think? Do you feel like Ric Flair is being unjustly treated? Do you feel like Ric Flair is being singled out? Or do you think, listen, this is just a matter of Ric Flair's antics finally catching up to him, and this is Rick being Rick, and he's not going to seem to care, and he's just going to move on. It's interesting because Rick is such it was an amazing professional wrestler, and I want to see what's best for him. Unfortunately, I feel like he, like so many people, um, struggle, and and whether or not that's with um, substance abuse, alcohol, or not, I feel that Rick Rick has always been Rick, and despite his opportunities. I feel like his choices are what's going to ultimately prevent him from from continuing on in wrestling. Just my opinion. All right, let's go ahead and let's move on. This is with Wrestling Inc. Big fan of Wrestling Inc. Go ahead and follow them. Raj Gary is an amazing individual. I've gotten to talk to him on several occasions. Please, please support his uh, website. So tonight... AEW Dynamite, Tony Khan, has announced another huge match. At this hour, Mark Middleton is writing that big match is going to be happening. AEW president and CEO and general manager and head of talent and creative, Tony Khan, has announced that there is going to be a big, big battle that's going to be happening. Ron took to Twitter this morning to announce that Jay Lethal versus John Moxley for tonight's AEW Dynamite. Now this be, will be the return to singles action for Moxley as he had been previously teaming with Brian Danielson and being managed by William Regal. In a quote, On a one-on-one battle of two great champions, former Ring of Honor World Champion Jay Lethal, who's currently 7-2 in AEW, will take on former AEW World Champion John Moxley, who's 4-0 so far this year. Live on Wednesday Night Dynamite, Jay Lethal versus John Moxley. Don't miss it, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 7 p.m. Central Time on TBS. I'm a big fan, big fan of... Um, both Moxley and Jay Lethal. Jay Lethal from the simple fact that he is a product of Mikey Whipwreck, and I am have nothing but respect for Mikey and the founder of Front Row Material, and so gracious that I... I he is so gracious, and he's humble about the things that he's done in wrestling. But Jay Lethal is a product of Mikey Whipwreck, and we've got a chance to talk to Jay as well. An amazing guy. So down-to-earth and just... He does it for the love of the game. You know, a lot of people would describe Brett Favre as that kid that's just out there slinging the ball around uh, in the backyard, and and Jay's kind of cut from that same cloth, meaning he's just out there having a blast, and he's such a great person, and I think that's what makes people drawn to certain wrestlers. It's not just the fact that they're great on the mic or they're great in the ring, but when you find out that they're great people, I think it even makes even more of a reason to go ahead and support them. So who you pulling for? Jay Lethal, John Moxley love to know what your thoughts are with this. All right moving on we are going to the demos and the ratings for WWE NXt viewership uh, for last night's NXt stand and deliver go home show. Mark Middleton at this hour is writing Tuesday's live. Stand and Deliver Go Home edition of WWE NXT 2.0 drew 626,000 viewers on the USA Network, according to Nielsen and Show Buzz Daily. Now, this is down... Uh, 0.31% from last week's 628,000 viewers. Tuesday's NXT drew a 0.14 rating in the key demo of 18 to 49. This is even with last week's 0.14 rating in the key demo. Now, the 0.14, boy, I keep saying that, rating represents 189,000, 18 to 49 viewers, which is actually up 2.72% from the 184,000 Uh, Viewers that were between the ages of 18 to 49 on last week's show. Now, the demo ratings are also brought to you by WrestleNomics. If you are a big fan of that, you can go ahead and follow them on Twitter as well. Speaking of last night's NXT Go Home show, it ranked 22 on the Cable's top 150 with the 0.14 rating in the key demo of 18 to 49. NXT also ranked 70 in viewership on Cable this week, which was even and on par with what it did last week. Tuesday's NXT drew the fourth best audience of the year so far and the best key demo viewership since New Year's Evil on January the 4th. Now, this week's NXT viewership was down 4.28% from the episode that aired one year ago. So if you're looking at it from a one-year perspective. Now, from the last show that aired one year ago, the 2021 episode went head-to-head with an AEW Dynamite. So it definitely had some high competition there. So how does this put things into perspective? Well, the NBA game between the Lakers and the Mavericks last night on TNT topped the night in the 18 to 49 demographic uh, with a 0.35 rating. And uh, it was also top within the 150 uh, cable uh, market, also drawing 991,000. I don't know if you're a big fan of the get the demos and the ratings and all of the statistics and the metrics that go into wrestling. I don't know exactly when this started. I want to say this probably started when it came to the Monday night wars. Everyone was looking to see who was winning and who wasn't winning. Um, Are you really into it? Do you follow it a whole lot? Because I feel like in some ways we get really consumed with that. So not sure. All right, let's go ahead. Mark Middleton is writing at this hour some news about John Cena. John Cena says he misses WWE every single day. Now, veteran pro wrestler John Cena says he misses WWE. Now, Cena recently spoke with Jack King, GQUK, and it was asked if he misses the touring lifestyle of pro wrestling full-time. Cena said he misses it every single day, but being a full-time touring performer at this stage of his life, uh he's hit that point and it's of diminishing returns cena says in a quote i miss it every day every single day cena declared but i'm 45 or will be on april 23rd And I was very fortunate to make it as long as I did with only minor injuries. Nothing that has changed the trajectory of my long-term health. I'm strong and flexible and in really good shape externally and internally. I think now being a full-time touring performer might start to hit that point of diminishing returns. And I have to be a realistic person when I look at that. Are you a John Cena fan? Do you miss John Cena? Do you wish John Cena would come back to pro wrestling? even if it's not on a full-time basis, maybe every once in a while. I think a lot of fans would. I think Vince McMahon would love to see that happening. But once again, Cena has probably learned a lot from his predecessors that after you hit a certain age, man, the bumps, they start adding up. If you want to see more of this article, go to WrestlingInc.com. Mark Middleton is writing this on this hour. Go ahead and also support and follow Mark Middleton and tell him that you heard about his article on the Freeland Five. All right, more information, more, more, more about WWE. Mark Middleton also at this hour is writing. Seth Rollins says AEW name-dropping WWE is very tacky and reeks of desperation. Hmm, let's see what he has to say. WWE superstar Seth Rollins says AEW referencing WWE on TV. Well, it does really reek, and it reeks of desperation rollins recently appeared on the sports media podcast with richard ditch and he compared his recent wwe smackdown reference to john moxley aka dean ambrose to aew referencing wwe on their programs. rollins made a reference to moxley on the january 21st smackdown episode during a segment with wwe universal champion roman reigns rollins pointed out his history as the shield And that was the justification for his reference. He said he heard nothing in response to the name dropping backstage. In a quote from Rollins, everyone knows he's part of our history. Rollins said, you don't get Seth and Roman without Dean or Mox, whatever you want to call him. To ignore that point in our history is just to try to put it away or put it to the side. So I just ignore other things completely and I pretend that things just don't exist. Yeah, right, that would be silly. I refer to him by the name that he prefers to go by, so that's what we're doing. I heard nothing in response about it at backstage whatsoever when I came back. Rollins later compared his reference to Moxley with how AEW references WWE and various superstars on Dynamite and Rampage. He says he finds a name dropping Tacky and Lowbrow, and it looks and reeks of desperation. Rollins also said AEW is doing their thing very well, but they have a long way to go to catch up to WWE in an additional quote. Rollins said, I don't use the reference to Mox to talk down to somebody. I wasn't trying to diminish anybody's accomplishments. It wasn't like that at all. Rollins said it's part of our history. Roman wouldn't be there. I wouldn't be there. Mox wouldn't be there. It's just the way that is. So what do you think about all of this? Do you think that AEW references um, the other competitor too much? Do you think WWE looks at it and says, yep, WCW used to do this. They're following those same patterns. We're going to win the end again. I feel like it's, it's a very interesting situation. I feel like what Tony Khan is trying to do is he's not trying to completely just name drop WWE. But he also realizes that the wrestling audience, the wrestling fans, know that they both exist and they know that a lot of these wrestlers have history with other people, and they're not going to completely just ignore that. Now, yes, Seth did bring that up, but WWE really doesn't do that very often at all. They basically whitewash anyone's history in any other company they'd ever been in prior to them becoming WWE superstars. However, AEW doesn't really seem to have that issue, so one person's lowbrow could be another person's confidence in not really worrying about mentioning something. Now, it's also been said that you don't bring up your competitor on your television show because it just gives them yet another reason to remember them and to give them uh, free publicity. So we will see what's happening with that. Let me know what your thoughts are on these news stories so far today. I would love to hear what your thoughts are. Go ahead and hit me up on social media. I am at M I K E F R E L A N D. Don't put two E's. I'm not giving anything away for free. That's why they call me the mooch. All right. We're jumping back over to e-wrestling news. A great article right now by Stefano Bergani. This is about the undertaker. The undertaker is going to be going into the hall of fame, WrestleMania 38 weekend. And he's recently been a guest on several different podcasts and been asked about what his favorite feuds and matches were. Well, according to the Sports Guys Talking Wrestling podcast, soon-to-be WWE Hall of Famer Undertaker talked about his f- favorite feuds and mentioned that Kane is his top one. Foley, Shawn Michaels, Triple H are also very high on his list. He says in a quote, Wow, obviously a lot of people will think of Mick Foley, which is high up on my list as well. Obviously, Kane is probably the greatest story Ever told in wrestling. I also enjoyed my rivalries with Shawn Michaels and Triple H, and of course, a 30 plus year career. You have a lot of interesting storylines and people that you got to compete against. Now, Taker recalled that Kane also brought the best out of him due to his physicality. In a quote, Taker said, But I'm going to say probably the battles with Kane, I think. It just was. I think a storyline that people could follow, whether you were a wrestling fan or you weren't, you understood it because it was sibling rivalry. And I think people identified with that. And Kane was always such a physically dominant athlete that he always brought the best out of me. So I'm going to go with the Brothers of Destruction. All right, what's your thoughts on this story right here? Do you feel like in some ways um, you agree with him? Do you think the Kane feud was the best? Do you think it wasn't? Do you think his feuds with Shawn Michaels were the best, or Triple H was the best, or Hulk Hogan was the best? Who do you think matched up the best with The Undertaker? Taker says it was Kane. Do you agree, or maybe you don't agree? Love to know what your thoughts are. Hit me up on social media, at Mike Freeland. Love to know what you have to say about this. I don't really feel like there's a right or wrong answer. It's just like a restaurant. Everyone has their own taste. All right, let's go ahead and let's talk about this. Viewership numbers are in for Roman Reigns WWE evil episode. Those of you who may or may not be familiar. WWE has a series going on right now that is on their streaming service, either the WWE network. If you are out of the United States, if you are inside the United States, you can find it on Peacock under the WWE tab. Now, according to showbiz daily, the episode which aired following Monday night raw this week on the USA network at 11 PM drew, 631,000 viewers with a 0.18 rating in the key demo of 18 to 49 demographic. WWE Evil ranked 18th on cable for that night. Once again, you can also watch that on various streaming services as well, such as Sling um, in YouTube TV, and you can also watch it on the WWE app, uh, which is on Peacock as well. Have you watched any of WWE Evil yet? I can tell you I have not yet. I am very intrigued to see what WWE has put out there. The one thing that I will say that WWE does better than anyone else, production. They are absolutely amazing when it comes to production. Documentaries are enthralling. I don't know how this company does not get more recognition for what they do because I am just blown away with what they do, and they have so much talent at that company, it's not even funny. All right, enough about that. Let's go ahead and let's talk about some Hall of Fame. Who will be hosting the 2022 Hall of Fame ceremony? Well, that's something that's been kind of up in the air for a while. WWE interviewer Kayla Braxton took to Instagram earlier today announcing that she and Corey Graves will be hosting the 2022 Hall of Fame ceremony. She said, and I quote, This is from the 2019 Hall of Fame ceremony where I was live on the red carpet interviewing superstars and legends. I was honored that year to be co-hosting. And now in 2021, WWE Hall of Fame alongside at Corey Graves is going to be great tomorrow night on Peacock. Now, the 2022 Hall of Fame ceremony will take place this Friday night immediately following SmackDown at the American Airlines Arena or American Airlines Center, I should say, in Dallas, Texas. It will also be airing head-to-head with AEW Rampage. Well, interesting. Ryan Clark wrote this article for E-Wrestling News. As I always say, please follow Ryan Clark. Please follow all these amazing journalists. What's your thoughts on this? I mean, clearly this move is to compete with Rampage. But then, once again, Rampage is already competing with itself by the ring of honor show that is going to be airing at the same time. So I, I really feel like Rampage is is going to be the, uh, the redheaded stepchild that's going to be left out. I, I expect ratings to be incredibly low for this rampage rampage in itself doesn't really get very high ratings, but I think that this rampage is, is definitely going to get some low marks. I feel like people will be jumping all over it again and saying, look, it's not getting good numbers, but you also have to keep in mind that, there's so many other things that are on that night as well. Hit me up with your thoughts on social media. Let's go ahead and let's jump into some more news. Stefano Brangani is also writing at this hour, various news ECW press announces a new book. Russell Khan gives photo op details. Let's find out what's going on here. WrestleCon has provided more details on the cost of photo opportunities that can be taken with the talents and the guests during this year's WrestleMania weekend convention. There are so many different prices. We'll talk about that. Would you go ahead and pay $30 for an autograph? Would you pay $50 for a combination of an autograph and a picture? Here are the details right now. If you would like to go ahead and do an Adam Cole and Britt Baker uh, signed photo, well. Here's what you're looking at right now. You're looking at about $100. That's what you're looking to pay right now. Photo op with them, autograph, $100. Would you pay it? Hmm, I don't know. It's a lot of money. Big fan of both of them. Don't know if I would necessarily do it. Ron Simmons and JBL, $100. The Brainbusters, Tully and Arn Anderson, $100. Bray Wyatt, $100. And then the Briscoe Brothers, Forty dollars. Also, you're going to see Dan Housen and the Ass Boys at hundred dollars. John Moxley at seventy five. Jushin Thunder Liger at sixty. Kurt Angle at seventy five. Russell Khan's New Age Outlaws will be there as well. They are hundred dollars. Uh, the Rotunda family. So you're getting Bray Wyatt. You're getting IRS, and you're getting Bo Dallas. That's one hundred and sixty. Ruby Riot is going to be coming in at. Six or at fifty dollars, the Steiner brothers at one hundred and twenty, DiBiase and IRS at one hundred, DiBiase and Virgil is going to be one hundred, and finally Tony Storm is going to be seventy five. So if you're heading to WrestleCon, definitely uh, bring the checkbook and bring the cash as well because you're definitely going to be spending quite a bit. ECW Presses announce a new book called Buzzards. Pro Wrestling in the Age of COVID-19. Now, the book was written by Keith Elliott Greensburg, and will look into the subject of how the global pandemic affected the world of pro wrestling. From the main leagues like WWE and AEW to smaller promotions, the book is scheduled to come out on October the 4th of this year. Are you a big book fan? Obviously, we do the book club, and we're doing the Sabu book right now. More chapters are going to be coming out, but I think it's interesting. Um, I like wrestling books that come out. I, I, there's a problem I have with some wrestling books is I, I feel like if it's just one wrestler, some people can be very humble like Sabu, but then I've read other books where I feel like it's an ego trip, not going to name names, but once again, sometimes it's, it's almost like they're just stroking their own ego. So it really depends on the book itself, in my opinion. I'd love to be at WrestleCon. I think some of these meet and greet experiences and autographs would be awesome. But once again, flight, hotel, food, tickets to WrestleCon, and then these additional packages. It's just too rich for my blood. Uh, Stefano Brigardi is also writing for E! Wrestling News in this article. Former NXT producer describes the process of renaming wrestlers in WWE. You ever wonder... How that happens? Well, let's talk about it. Former WWE NXT producer Ryan Katz was recently interviewed by the Handsome Genius Club podcast, Now, during in which he went into great detail on WWE's process of coming up with new name for their talent. Wrestlers have a lot to say in ring names. Ready? Here's the secret. The talent is in on the names. They're in on them. Like, there are many people who have a list, and they have to pick from it. And I would say a lot of times, if that's happening... And I can say the talent is not really given much of an opportunity or much say so, but they are always in the mix when it comes to picking their names. They submit a lot of names as well. And there becomes a big mixture in a mix and match game. And then anything can happen. But in the end, the talent is involved in the ultimate decision, like it or not no one is going to give someone just a random random gimmick and name. And maybe I shouldn't say no one because, of course, there's always going to be an exception to the rule, and someone has been giving a gimmick before. But like the talent is involved in creating their gimmick, and that's what I've always said and I've always talked about. It's absolutely undeniable. What do you think? Do you believe him? Do you think that this is the truth, or do you feel like this is a spin WWE wants to put out there? Do you think the wrestlers definitely have a part in picking their name? Do you think they have a big part of picking their gimmick? Or do you feel like in a lot of ways that they're strapped with either a gimmick or they're strapped with being given a specific name? I don't know. I don't know what to believe. Once again, the thing about WWE is I feel like they put a spin and they put their story out there front and center. And I think a good, a good defense is a strong offense. And I feel like if you're being defensive about something, then you're going to go full bore and you're going to tell people that, no, everybody gets involved in the process. Well, you're never really going to have WWE talent come out and say, well, no, I'm not really part of the process because they're the ones that are paying them. So at the end of the day, that's just the reality of it. All right. Let's go ahead and let's talk about the big pink elephant. Is it called the pink elephant in the room? Uh, It was recently announced that Shane McMahon has been welcomed back into the graces of WWE, at least according to Vince McMahon. It was released on social media yesterday, Tuesday, that Shane McMahon will be back in WWE, and he will be a part of WrestleMania uh, this upcoming Saturday and Sunday weekend. Now, the exact extent of how he's going to be involved yet has not been... uh, released yet whether he's going to be on the show or just backstage or in some type of capacity in a segment but he is officially back now that makes people wonder Seth Rollins does not have an opponent yet Vince McMahon said that he will know his opponent once he is in the ring at WrestleMania fans on social media are clamoring with frustration that if Shane McMahon does come out most people will be turning off the pay-per-view and will be disgusted me personally, I think it's a big swerve. I think Cody definitely is going to be coming out. I think the Shane thing is just to try to throw people off and to get people talking. And clearly, we're talking about it. I'm addressing it right now. But I don't think it's going to be anything more than that. I think it's just going to be something that you're, they're trying to get people to talk, and talk is what we are doing. All right, that is all the major headlines that are on the wrestling websites as of right now. Once again, please check out not only the Freeland 5 podcast, but check out Future Stars Now in Front Row Material. They are great shows that bring you great interviews. Future Stars Now brings the top talent in the indies before they crest over into the more mainstream promotions we get a chance to get to know them we learn about their training and their journeys and their travels up and down the road for our material we'll go ahead and they, we will interview more seasoned wrestlers who've been in some of the major promotions and what their experiences were as well either way you are getting the full spectrum of wrestling conversation and as always don't miss each and every day the freeland five coming to you from the MLW Radio Network, where I talk about all the news that is trending in the world of wrestling today. All right, guys, that's going to do it. Until tomorrow, this has been the Freeland Five, and I'm Mike Freeland. The